Hello and welcome to the BTF podcast. That's the Back to Football podcast, the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. It's the 11th of January. We're in a new year. It's 2021 and this is the first podcast of that year. Uh, I'm joined by uh, three other co-hosts here today on Zoom or in the studio, we would usually say, but of course, it's not really a studio. It's a virtual studio. Um, first up, we've got John Miller, ever present. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just uh, just laughing at uh, Greg. He's got his kit ready. He's got he's got his hairstyle, nice little Gareth Bell style at the back there. Um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready for ready. Wednesday he's, night. He's <laughs> this is a call shim- out to Jose. He's got his shin pads on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just making me laugh. Right? Um, yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. 2021, uh, looking, hoping for a uh, a brighter. A brighter year than twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bars the bar is set pretty low, but um, obviously we've seen uh, some some crazy events already uh, in the in the first week of the year. Um, you've uh, you sort of introduced Greg there. Greg, you doing good? You're okay. Yeah, all good. All good. My side sort of keeping going as we all are. But nice. yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And then we're also joined by John Aldino, um, who is back. On uh, on home soil, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm back in Battery um, for the next few years. So. Nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Signed, a, signed a long-term contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> signed a long-term contract to BTF. I was only on loan before. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think first up today, we'll talk about the uh, FA Cup draw, which has um, happened this evening. Um, we'll go through a few of those fixtures. I guess the first one to throw out there um, is Man United uh, and Liverpool playing at Old Trafford. This actually means as well that they play, um, I think, twice in a week because they're playing um, on... I Don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I think they're playing this weekend on the 17th uh, and then they'll play the following weekend um so we're gonna have a double dose of the um united uh liverpool rivalry which arguably this year is, is more important than ever um john aldino who do you uh who do you think would field the stronger team in an fa cup um match between those two or do you think that both just go all out we may have lost i think all out i think it was if it was like the carabao cup Maybe they might feel weaker teams like, um, but since it's the FA Cup, it's a it's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal, and Ole will want to try and win something. So, yeah, man, I think we'll go all out. Yeah, I think so. Um, Greg, do you think? Uh, I just checked as well. It is it's this so Super Sunday this week? Uh, Four thirty is uh, Liverpool versus Man United at Anfield, and then the following week will be uh, Old Trafford in the FA Cup. So that's. That's two blockbuster games to really look forward to. Um, United have kind of not... They've been criticised recently for their... When they played City uh, a couple of times and there's a lack of kind of um, grit and nastiness there in, in the Derby games. Do you think that that will be present in the Liverpool game? I mean, it's it's uh, arguably the biggest rivalry in, in, in English football. Um, I know we don't have any representatives from the uh, the red side of um, of of Liverpool here today, but um, yeah, do you think United will be more up for that game than they would be, say, against Pep City? 
I don't know, really. It's a difficult one because I think that Liverpool will be... I suppose to answer your question, I think Liverpool will be more up for it than United. I think while you know United have been playing very well and they're second in the league only to goal difference, mm. there's still frailties within that team. And I think to answer your question to John Ardino, I think that it means more for Ole to try and push for a cup or try to push for a win. Jurgen's going to be looking at the Premier League. Let's be real. I think he's going to be wanting that and think... But I don't know, I still see frailties in United. I think that they're going through a great patch at the moment, but that week will be the week that, that probably solidifies that point that I'm making or completely subverts it. But I think it was a lot of solidify that point. <laughs> yeah, sorry if I, I cough a little bit on the show today. I've got, uh, I think, the after effects of, of COVID, long COVID. <laughs> um, so other, other um, draws that have come out uh, is Southampton or Shrewsbury versus Arsenal. Um, we mentioned before the show, this is the Theo Walcott derby, potentially. Um, Arsenal kind of back in back in a groove now, John? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, don't want to don't wanna, uh, get too excited yet because, um, you know, it was only a month ago when, you know, everyone was talking about how bad we were playing and, you know, even talking about Arteta out. So, um, yeah, just uh, one, one game at a time. Although, I mean, Arsenal have got a fantastic FA Cup. Uh, record and pedigree it's, it's it's a tournament that you know we seem to do well in most years um i yeah i'm quietly confident i know obviously southampton you know we haven't got a good record against southampton in the league uh, over the last few years but uh, yeah i think when it comes to the fa cup i think arsenal more often than not turn up um and and uh play play quite well um i think what's uh quite exciting is um Obviously, for Chorley, if Chorley uh, somehow managed to beat Wolves, then we beat um, Southampton or or uh, uh, yeah, Southampton. Sorry, then uh, and <laughs> then rule out yeah, Chorley, yeah, it's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Chorley, Chorley v Arsenal. I think they'd they'd absolutely love that um, mm. at yeah, home as well for them. Yeah, that'd be a great great game for them. Yeah, I think so. There's um, quite a favourable draw as well for Fulham. So we got Burnley. Um, mm. in the fourth round and, and if we were to win that at home at Craven Cottage uh, we would then have a home tie against either Bournemouth or uh, Mark Wright's uh, Crawley Town um, which again winnable uh, certainly you know we'd fancy ourselves over Bournemouth or Crawley um, yeah. it's just Sean Dyche's Burnley in the way and, and if we were to get through those two games then you're looking at a, a FA Cup quarter final um and you know i think with the squad fulham had this year most years we go into the fa cup and it's like right we're just trying to avoid just trying to avoid one of the big boys trying to avoid one of the premier league teams actually this year we've already you know we've proven that we can uh take a point from anyone in the league really if, if we actually you know have a good game on the day um so i don't actually think an FA Cup run is is completely out of touch for uh, for Fulham. I mean, if, if Wigan didn't Wigan win it a few years ago? If Wigan can win the FA Cup, then uh, then anyone can, I think. Uh, so I'm quietly I'm just, confident. Yeah, I'm just glad that um, we've got this situation where people are playing strong teams. Like um, I really enjoy the FA Cup. You know, like learning about teams and their players and their journeys that I wouldn't otherwise research or or, or learn about. Um, and I think it's great. I think what's byproduct is 
it's a byproduct of teams like Arsenal, United being out of the Champions League. Yes. Know, still having those strong squads to do that. I yep. think maybe back in the day, if you've got, say, like a, an Everton who's trying to push for the top four, they don't really have the, the... They never used to have the squad to then go for the FA Cup as well. And they'd probably prioritise trying to get into the top four. But the fact that, you know, City have come up, Spurs have come up, but Leicester are doing well. You've got teams like United, teams like Arsenal, who have the squads. They might not be doing well in the league. Yeah. But they can, they can push, push, push their, their big boys out for the FA Cup. And, you know, it's, it's making... I think it's adding a bit of the magic to it rather than seeing a bunch of names that you don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. The magic uh, alive in the FA Cup. Yeah, I think especially as well with it, it's like silverware is the ultimate, um, you know, solidifier for for keeping your job, isn't it? It's the, it's it's if you get silverware, generally, unless unless maybe you're a Chelsea manager, um, you tend to <laughs> keep your job. And I think the Premier League is so competitive now and so hard to win that actually the, it, it makes the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup more important than, than maybe they ever have been because it is a real chance to get, you know, to get silverware. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm all for it as well. I think it's going to be great. Um, Spurs draw for the FA Cup uh, was, obviously they won um, Wickham. handsomely Wickham, at the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Is, Wickham, it is it away? Uh, yeah, we're away at Wickham. Yeah, away at Wickham. Yeah, so yeah. winnable again winnable yeah to jump off what you both were saying there boys i think that's why i'm so happy to have jose at the wheel because he does he's got a real love for the english domestic cups like there's a way that he's spoken in the last couple of weeks about the carabao cup uh the fa cup and all of that it, it gives me real hope with because realistically if we're looking at the league you're trying to get champions league it's really just two positions that are being fought for because Liverpool are going to get Champions League football and Man City you can bet on getting Champions League football. So you've got probably about four or five teams c- competing for those two spaces there. So I think it is such an important couple of competitions because it is you can make your mark on that season for sure. And especially this year, the financial aspect of it, I think is so much more important than it has been in previous seasons and previous years. So, yeah, I will say I do have a real gripe with this phrase, the magic of the cup. Ooh. Yeah, I love it. But fuck me. Just seeing, just, just seeing, <laughs> just seeing, just seeing a fucking cardboard cutout of Jürgen Klopp and saying the magic of the cup. Because there are magical moments in the cup, but don't just label everything the magic of the cup. Because then it isn't magical. Magic is sort of, it's up there, isn't it? If everything's magical, yeah. nothing's magical. I don't know. That was just my mm. little five minute thing. Yeah, that's why you didn't have a good time on the Harry Potter studio tour. Obviously, Spurs will play um, Everton uh, in the next round, or Everton or Sheffield Wednesday, should they get through that. So that sets up um, a, a really good um, fifth round tie if we get there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind, I kind of agree. I mean, it's, it, I think it's one of those things like they say, like the magic of the London Marathon and stuff like that. There's certain sports where they kind of egg it up a little bit more than maybe it is um just based yeah. on on tradition but yeah i i think um i think we're set for a good cup this year and i hope uh as many of the kind of the the so-called bigger teams um 
stay in it, but then maybe we get a couple of, like you say, like a Chorley or someone um, pushing on through to the fifth round would be very, very uh, interesting. Um, I want to play a quick game just to transition. Um, and I did kind of pre-warn you guys about this, how we'll run this. Um, so I think what's going to happen is John's going to go first. Um, and then so in that time, Greg and John Aldino need to somehow like mute your audio. So maybe just take your headphones out. And then what I'll do is I'll give a thumbs up. Um, then John Aldino will come in after John's done his. And then I'll give it the second thumbs up and Greg will come in. Um, and we'll see how this goes. So, yeah, if I can ask John, uh, John Aldino and Greg to remove your headphones. I'm going to mute my... I've got AirPods in, so right. it'll just throw decent, a little decent. bit of a flex there. But, All right. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, John, I'm going to name some clubs and you're going to just tell me the one footballer that you associate most with this club. God. All right. Okay. So I'm just going to throw them at you. you got to throw them back at me really quick. So, uh, Arsenal. Thierry Henry. Chelsea. Uh, Didier Drogba. Man United. Uh, David Beckham. Barcelona. Lionel Messi. Juventus. Zidane. Renau uh, <laughs> uh, AC Milan. Uh, Maldini. Uh, Real Madrid. Ronaldo, Cristiano. Uh, Spurs. Uh, Klinsmann. <laughs> Bayern Munich. Uh, Robin. Inter Milan. Uh, Vieri, Christian Vieri. <laughs> and Liverpool. Um, I'll, go, uh, I'll go Michael Owen. Cool. All right. So... We'll get John Aldinho back. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Aldinho is coming back in the room. So, John John Miller, you can stay on now because you've obviously heard it. So, John Aldinho, can you hear me, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. So, I'm going to throw um, team names at you and then you'll tell me the one player that you associate most with that club. And it's just got to be like the first name that comes into your head. Okay. Cool. Yeah? yeah, so it's a bit, a little bit like family fortunes here, like the final round of family for, family fortunes. Um, so Arsenal, uh, Walcott, uh, Chelsea, Lampard, Man United, uh, Fernandez, Barcelona, Messi, Juventus, uh, Ronaldo, AC Milan, Ibra, um, Real Madrid, um, Benzema, uh, Spurs. Bale. Bayern Munich. Uh, Muller. Uh, Inter Milan. Sanchez. Sanchez. Uh, and Liverpool. Uh, Firmino. Some interesting answers. All right. Greg. Yeah. Greg can come back in. All right. Oh, I'm back. You're back. <laughs> so. Really? Um, let us stay now because. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. that's what I said. Oh, I think you'd taken your headphones off, John. I was wondering oh, why you weren't reacting. Because I, I, I said, I said, stay. John, you can stay because like you're yeah. you're fine. Yeah, I know. It's just not even on. <laughs> so I was like, every time he said something interesting, I was like looking at you, and you're just like, just like no reaction to it at all. <laughs> all right, fair enough. That makes sense. You didn't have your headphones on. All right, so uh, everyone can have their headphones on for this bit. Um, so Greg, I'm throwing. Um, team names out and then you have to just tell me the first player you think of to do with that club oh, so like hell. just All the right. first first name that comes to your head so um ask, is, it, is it quick is it quick fire, quick fire yeah quick fire no you don't have any like no deliberation or anything arsenal 
Um, Gnabry. <laughs> Great start. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Frank Lampard. Man United. Wayne Rooney. Barcelona. Lionel Messi. Juventus. Paolo Dybala. AC Milan. Uh, Ibrahimovic. Real Madrid. Ronaldo. Spurs. Gareth Bale. Bayern Munich. Arjen Robben. Inter Milan. Uh, Diego Forlan. And Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Torres. Nice. All right, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> some different answers. <laughs> Search Gnabry. Sorry, that was Gnabry is like the most random ass answer for an, ass, for an Arsenal uh, player, but I love it. Um, I think we had Thierry Henry. Who did you yeah, say? John Ardinho said Walcott. Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott. Um, yeah, there were some funny ones in there. That, that's good. That's good. I was saying it's a bit like Family Fortunes, like the final round yeah. of Family Fortunes, like to see where the fuck did Diego Forlan come from? He's not played for about ten years. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> Christian Vieri. <laughs> I was, I was thinking. <laughs> did um, was Forlan actually? He was at Inter Milan, was he? I know Diego Melito was. Yeah, I think Forlan was. I don't think. He yeah, was. no, he was. He was there was, for yeah. like half a season. He played uh, eighteen games eight. there. Okay. Club legend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> written oh, written in stars. That's brought on my uh, long COVID cough, that whole se- segment. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun, actually. I think we should do that um, do that more often, but I'll think of some different um, different yeah. quick fire topics. But it's interesting yeah. just to see like who the first mm. person you think of. If I did it off the top of my head, I'd probably go Arsenal, Henri, uh, yeah, Chelsea, Lampard, United, Roy Keane. Barcelona, Messi, Juve, Davids, AC Milan, Maldini, Real Madrid would be Zidane, Spurs, Bale, Bayern Munich, Lewandowski, Inter Milan, I'd probably go with R- like Ronaldo, R9, and then Liverpool, Gerrard, I think, for me. But that is a little bit, obviously, it's not quite as um, yeah, yeah, as yeah. off the cuff as, as you guys are doing it. But um, yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's all fun, that's, that's, uh, that's all good. Um, so let's go back um, to the Premier League. Obviously, uh, there's been a few kind of game rounds and, and missed games here and there. Um, we've got a rearranged game happening on Wednesday um, against or, or Fulham against uh, Spurs. Um quite late notice um in terms of the the camps but also um i was talking to tom um obviously um friend of the show co-host uh tom Nottle jones earlier about it and it it is quite impressive at the same time that they're able to be that flexible with premier league games um and kind of look at the circumstances and go right you you need to play a game you need to play a game right we'll make this happen in two days time um I think that side of it is impressive, but then there is also an argument there that Fulham have been caught on the back foot a little bit here, not expecting a mid midweek game with a squad that's not really like the first team, especially for Fulham's not played together for about two weeks um, because we've had games cancelled here and there, and everyone's had a bit of COVID. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where you stand on it, um, Greg. Do you think it's kind of a fair fixture? Do you think it's impressive that they've done it? I think that uh, it's definitely impressive for everyone to have been able to rearrange that quickly. I do think that Fulham were backed into a bit of a corner of having to accept because the Spurs sort of hierarchy were quite upset about 
the villa uh no no about the cancellation of the fulham game about three hours before kickoff there's quite a lot right. of talk about that in yeah. fact so i think there probably would have been a bit of a goodwill conversation of look you play this game on when like you know what i mean i think fulham were backed into a corner of that uh i do think that it i, I get the why fulham would be a bit disgruntled about it because it does massively massively benefit spurs going into it i think villa maybe respectfully dan would have been a tougher game for us mm-hmm. um but then fulham very attacking team but then also we've just played marine and rested son uh harry ugo Lloris, like all of the Oibia, all of these key players so I think that, yeah, I, I get why uh, Fulham fans would be a bit disgruntled because it does benefit us. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've said this to you before, Dan. I think Fulham are a really good attacking team. And if this was played on the 30th of December, I would have been more worried because the, the brand of football that we were playing around that time wasn't very inspiring. But the last couple of games we've come out and we've actually attacked and we've kept attacking and killed games. But I don't know, we'll, we'll, it remains to be seen. It'll be a good game. It'll be two very good teams against each other. Yeah, what's uh, John? Oh, uh, yeah, John Ardinia, What's your thoughts been on on Spurs in the last couple of games? Do you think they're looking good? How would you compare them to maybe where Chelsea are right now? Oh, uh, they they've climbed up. They play. They've been playing so well. As much as I hate to admit it, um, playing really well. Um, it shows. It shows what happens when you actually back Mourinho. I don't think Man United truly backed him. And that's why he had issues and he was always complaining in the press. But when you give Mourinho what he wants, he can he can get you results. And back to what you said earlier, Greg, he takes every single trophy like it's important. He said that that game in the um in the one of the cups was like his biggest ever game for, for Tottenham. Obviously that's not true, but that just shows how much how serious he is about every every single trophy and you know you, it gets you into a habit of winning you know you win one cup that leads to another that leads to another and then yeah man that's what you need that's what you need it's experience isn't it as well like experience in yeah. those high pressure moments no one just like walks into a you know you'd always want someone if you were playing in a world cup final you'd probably want someone on your team that's been in that high pressure environment before been in maybe a world cup final before like you'd always choose that over someone else so yeah being in getting deep into tournaments as much as possible is is great to kind of fuse the squad together um well you look at the players that he's brought in i mean you can question their abilities and if they're past or whatever with joe hart uh gareth bale but you look at those two they've won so much hoy we've seen he was an absolute general he's going to be a captain uh when hugo Lloris leaves i'm guarantee of that speaking of Hugo Lloris won a world cup yeah like these are he's building this mentality and I think that you can't underestimate how important a Carabao cup would be to Tottenham because I think that it would get instill that it's just a shame that it isn't happening uh in February when it normally would because it would have really it would have been interesting to see what it did for us for the rest of that season but I think getting that cup it would let a lot of the players know ah I fucking like this feeling let's go and get some more so I think it's going to be absolutely key. And uh, yeah. if, if we are the cup, uh, if we are the only team that Jose fails to win anything with, then I'm accepting that we're never going to win anything in my lifetime. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, they got Sheffield United on uh, on Sunday this week um, away. But you would you would think that's probably a, a 
another three points in the league. So it is a big week for Mourinho because you know they would they would expect or they would be expected to pick up three against Fulham as well. So um, possible six point week uh, for Spurs. Um, we've already sort of talked about Arsenal and, and how they're doing. Um, any kind of further thoughts on that, John? You think Premier League wise, you think it's going to kind of be okay now this season? It's looking that way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. I mean, it's just you're looking at the table and it's just some some really some real informed teams at the moment, and you're just waiting <laughs> and hoping for um, Arsenal. They need a few teams to uh, to just lose a bit of form. Um, maybe the Villa and Everton. Um, just lose a bit of form so they can start to climb up the table a little bit. Um, just touching on Spurs, I think if Mourinho wasn't the manager and you're looking at the table and they are where they are now, I'd be confident that Arsenal are going to catch them. I really would. Um, under m- most other managers, maybe even under Poch, um, or at least get close enough, closer to them. But I think with Mourinho there, the serial winner, I don't think he's going to let them slip, slip out of that top four. Um, and so, I know Greg said about two places. I think it's just one <laughs> because Spurs have Mourinho. Um, that's just my opinion. And I think City will, will, get, will uh, get in there. United will get in there. So, I think for Arsenal, if we can... I think realistically, we are going through a transition. Um, there's a lot of players we need to get out that he's playing. He's having to play because we didn't manage to get rid of them in the summer. Um, people like... Uh, Mustafi, he's played a few games. Hopefully he goes. Socrates looks like he's might be going. Um, Ozil's this talk on Twitter. There's this talk in the media that he might be going. There's a lot of players that need to go. There's players that need to go on loan. Reese Nelson um, is, is for one needs to go on loan. I mean, at the moment we're relying on a on a what is he a 20 year old to uh, dig us out of trouble at the moment. And uh, I think we need to definitely make a sign in. Let's talk of us maybe trying to sign Buendia from Norwich. I think that'd be tough because obviously they're top of the championship at the moment. So that'd be, they're not going to let him go probably for less than 40 million. And he ain't worth that. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I think if realistically, where we are at the moment, if we could get another decent cup run, um, you know, Winning it back to back is going to be quite tricky. I think we've done that before, 2003, 2002, 2003. Um, it's not something that happens quite a lot. Um, but if we can get to maybe semi final, maybe a final, um, and maybe do something, make a little dent on the Europa League and, and get back into the Europa League, so maybe finish in one of the Europa League places, I think that'd be an acceptable season, me personally, because I just don't think we've got midfield and the defence at the moment to really really make a challenge fair, fair. Um, and then let's go back to Chelsea as well here um, and John Aldinho being a Chelsea fan how do you feel about the kind of um, the criticism that's been on Lampard this season do you think it's fair do you think it's justified do you think it's unfair um, you know what, what have you yeah. felt about that it's definitely fair. I mean, if it was any other manager, they'd be getting the same stick. I mean, Ole got it for ages. Um, Klopp got it when he first came. Even Pep got it when he first came to City. So, yeah, it's justified. Um, I think our problem is we look pretty inflexible in games. So, you know, we try to play one way. If that doesn't work, there isn't really a plan B. Um, 
and we had this issue with that we were getting with Sari um, when we have all our midfielders being pushed up and then it leaves a massive gap between our midfield and defence and we're still having that problem even though he's tried to play um, Kante in the you know the Kante role yeah. so to speak and it's just you know with all the injuries been getting even though he, he had a few weeks where he was amazing he's not sustaining that and you know he's got another injury now um, so he could on the week uh, during the week and um, he also got five yellow cards so he's suspended for this next game anyway so yeah he's not the same Kante unfortunately yeah I mean he's going to be uh, 30 years old in um, a couple months time so <clears throat> you know that that is a very very taxing role isn't it that he plays he, he's and he's been playing that role in the Premier League now what for six or seven seasons um, so yeah. yeah I think he'll still go down as a probably a Premier League eventually Premier League Hall of Fame player um, but yeah I think I think to rely so heavily on Kante to, to do everything in that you know like you say between a, a very high uh, midfield and then uh, a, a fairly um, old well not old but like immobile maybe defence as well at, at Chelsea which is traditionally something that Chelsea have had they've always had sort of big um, units at the back haven't they not necessarily like um, smaller, faster ball playing defenders. So, um, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I, I personally feel that I think Lampard gets more stick than the average manager. I don't know. He no, does. Do you, he gets stick oh, from the fans, <laughs> necessarily, not the media. Yeah, maybe not the maybe no, maybe not I the think media. That's what the problem is. I, I just that's what the problem is. Yeah, definitely not in the media. I think if it was, if it was, I don't know, somebody else there, like Davids or. Someone like that, uh, you know, <laughs> it gets sacked. It gets yeah. sacked. Think about the money that you guys spent, <laughs> that Chelsea spent. And the thing is, it's not just that. They do have a, have a system that they could call on, but Frank's not using it. Like, it's in the Arsenal game. So that game was tailor-made for Giroud, yeah? I'm sorry, man. What, what's his name? I forgot his name. It's just jumped out of my head. Tammy. No, no. no Tammy. Oh. Tammy is like... Andy Cole on steroids, man. He needs Andy Cole needed five chances. Tammy needs about twelve. Like he, he he's he's not gonna he's not gonna really get you into the top four, right? And Giroud, we had Giroud, and yeah, he's he's great on his day. But you know, again, you know, he 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 was able to just get us in the top four. He couldn't really do more than that. But Chelsea remind me not the way they're playing, but they remind me of kind of Arsenal in those days when you kind of got some really good players around. Sandy yeah. Pizzolas, the Jerus and that. They're decent players, but they're just not, there's just something missing. They're just not there. Um, and they're, they're going and then that's just going to create inconsistencies. You're going to lose or draw games when you should win. And, and I just think, yeah, I think that's, that's I mean, look at Pulisic, how much of a well beer he was towards the end of last season. Doesn't look like the same player at the moment. I know he's had that injury and stuff, but Havertz, that hasn't really worked at the moment. They're good players, but they're, they're kind of, they do it in like splurts. Yeah, you know, and they'll have a good games where they'll go and yeah. smash someone three 0 and then they'll go play Crystal Palace a week later and just lose. And I think there's bad. like possibly like a case of um, like too much competition is is a bad thing. Where like there's you wouldn't say there's like an obvious Chelsea's best eleven. Like a, they haven't got like a set 
you know, I'll put Chelsea's team. You know, if all four of us put down Chelsea's best eleven, it would probably be completely different teams, all four of them. Um, and in that situation, unless the players, unless you get leaders that kind of emerge and go, right, I'm claiming that spot. That's my starting spot. You do kind of get a culture maybe of like, oh, well, you know, he'll play well this week. I don't have to try as much. He'll play well this week. And they've got too, maybe too many people that they should be relying on. But actually, there's no one just like taking the lead. And, you know, through their successful years, Lampard was that guy, wasn't he? That you knew you were getting 110% from Lampard every week. Liverpool knew they were getting 110% from Gerrard every week. Man United knew they were getting that from Scholes and Rooney and, you know, everyone else. Whereas I do feel, yeah, with Chelsea, you don't know what percentage Tammy's going to turn up or, like, if Pulisic is going to be the yeah. at, at the top of his game. So, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, and, yeah, whether that falls back on, on the manager, maybe if it does, then, yeah, he's deserving of the criticism he gets. I, I personally think he gets a little bit more stick just because he's Frank Lampard, he, he was never really that well liked by other fans as it was. Um, he certainly got stick everywhere he went, whether it was kind of like light-hearted, but the whole fat Frank thing and who ate all the pies, like literally every stadium that he went to. Um, but I don't know. I think as soon as he shouted at, at Klopp last season, I think he kind of put a bit of a nail in his own coffin um, for uh, certain clubs uh, not to like him and, and, He's been kind of given a bit of an attitude. I think people have sort of seen him as having a bit of an attitude problem, maybe beyond his uh, achievements as a manager. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I don't know. I don't think he's any more sackable than maybe Arteta or Solskjaer would have been if they weren't uh, former players either. So maybe it's just a new type of um, manager-chairman relationship that we're seeing. Um could Jose could could Mourinho lose as many games, Greg, and uh, and still be in in a job? I think it's uh, it, it's it's all context, isn't it? I think that Mourinho for Tottenham, we've look, he's the best chance that we've got of winning anything for the last ten years and maybe the ten 50. years to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, all right, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think it's all context. I think you, you do have to say about, you know, obviously it takes more than uh, spending money to win the league, I think. But you have to look at how much he has spent this transfer window and the, the players. You'd have to look at if it's Frank Lampard that has said to the um, to Chelsea, go out and buy Timo Werner, go out and buy Kai Havertz. Because I think that would have a massive impact. Because Timo Werner is just, is it what, 10, 11 games that he's not scored. I don't know if did he score against Morgan. Uh, he did score know. last night. Yeah, but right, it was a, a tapping. But. but this is the thing: he has been missing sitters in the past. He has been missing tappings, or he's not. And then against Man City, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Gennardino, there was a lot of criticism from Chelsea fans of you're not playing Werner where he needs to be. You're playing him on the left, but he should be in the, in the middle. Yeah. And then against. City, he played in the middle, and and then against City, he played in the middle, and he was ineffective. Yeah, I think I think the problem with Werner is I mentioned this before, in it might have been in the group chat, but I mentioned that we don't get the ball to him quick enough. So by the time he's ready to like get going, the ball goes the ball goes a different direction where he's already gone, and there's so many times where he's. He's made a run 
and he's not getting it. And if, if someone plays him that ball a split second, or if someone sees his run, then he's through every time. No one's catching him. Like, he's, he's that quick. That's why they call him Turbo Timo. Um, mm. And I just think he's not the player to pick the ball up and run at plays in the Premier League. It works in the German League, but in the Premier League, he's just getting bodied every, every week. And it's just, it's just another... Also, Chelsea don't know how to attack against the low block. So, you part of the bus. We don't, we don't know what to do. But you've got players, though. You've got... The thing is, if you look at... Sorry to reference Arsenal. If you look at... Arsenal shouldn't, shouldn't be able to get through a low block because you've got El Nenny in there. You've got Xhaka in there. They've not been known for their Fabregas-style passes. Uh, you know, but, you know, I think you've got Havertz, um, Zayet, Pulisic. Like, there's enough quality in there, you know, to be able to break it down. That's why I think it must... That's why I think it comes down to Frank. So, I mean, it comes down to Frank or it's just taking them a lot longer to gel because of COVID and everything else and... You know, they didn't really have a proper pre-season. It could be a little bit of that, but, you know, it's how much time is he going to get? Because spend that money. And there's, like you said, so-and-so was doing it in the German league. So-and-so, Havertz was looking great in the, in, in the Bundesliga. You know, it's like, it's got to start to look a little bit deeper than, deeper than that. And I, I just think Frank's a little bit tactically naive at times. Is it... Um... But you're also oh. talking about three players who have never played with each other. Well, Havertz and Havertz and Werner have at international level, but you know they're playing with new players and in a new league. So this is this is the problem that we were always going to have because we're trying to integrate all these new players, and it's just it's just difficult. Even even besides those three, you have um, Ben Chilwell, you have Thiago Silva, and then you have Edouard Mendy. Or Eddie Mendy. Uh, but yeah, so it's like half our team... Should have kept Willian. Should have kept Willian, man. Serves you right. We don't want him. Nah, Take him back. <laughs> no, nah, man. He, he's, he spoke to Edu and David Luiz and said, I'm coming. Zutu <laughs> bang, Arsenal. Zutu bang. But yeah. <laughs> you can keep Serves him. you right. Just sell him Willian. <laughs> but you know what, yeah? It's weird. It's weird because Dan touched on this earlier. We just lack leaders. Yeah. We don't have... We moved on from... Lampard, Terry and Drogba. And then we had Diego Costa, Fabregas and Aspi. But we haven't replaced him with anyone. Like, no offence. If, if I'm Mason Mount, I can't, I can't get that little boost from Thiago Silva because I don't know what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, this was you know going to be I mean? my, my point um, a couple of minutes ago is that is it a huge red flag when a player, like, albeit... Uh, you know, decorated world footballer like Thiago Silva, but is it a, a huge red flag when someone like that comes in and is wearing the captain's armband like in in his first few games? Um, you know that there, there is there is clearly a lack of leaders there, and there's a lot of great talented young players. You mentioned Zayec, Havertz, Werner, Pulisic, Tammy Abraham, um, but there isn't there isn't like a a John Terry there or a Frank Lampard or there is a Frank Lampard there on, on the on the bench on the sidelines 
and I do and I feel like that might be why he hasn't gotten more leaders in because there may be a little bit of a well for one he probably feels like he can lead them himself um from the touchlines but then two whether there's a I can't think of the right word for it but like where you're actually almost like scared to invite other big personalities into a dressing room as a young manager you know Lampard might not want another 34 year old or whatever it would be coming in um giving it you know a lot to the team and that that's quite a difficult skill i would imagine to to as a manager especially as a manager in the premier league to to handle those big personalities and and those leaders once they get into those senior years um we saw it countless times with all the big managers we've seen it with like personalities take over the dressing room um and say is the obvious example but Ferguson when that would happen he would just get rid of him you know he it, the Roy Keane is the big example like Keane became too influential in the dressing room and Ferguson just went right see ya and I do wonder if Lampard's kind of been a bit cautious of of getting anyone that might undermine undermining is probably the word that I was looking for a minute ago but that might kind of undermine him uh being that young young manager um and it's probably the same reason that you know we're not seeing John Terry on the staff at Chelsea, because again it would be like a you know the understudy is now you know Terry being more senior than Lampard when they were there kind of and that that dynamic I don't know I just think leadership is probably the key problem at Chelsea. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a very interesting point because you know he did get rid of. Willian, mm-hmm. he did get rid of David Luiz as well. He was a massive, massive personality and probably our only leader in the team, besides from Aspilicueta. So it's, it could be that. Yeah, and, and even as Aspi, like, I think he has had, an, he, again, another Premier League Hall of Famer. Um, but you wouldn't have, at, in his first sort of three, four, five years in the Premier League, you wouldn't have said, oh, Azpilicueta, like, captain leader legend, would you? You would be like, oh, Azpilicueta, great defender, great squad player. Great but, servant of the club. Yeah, great servant of the club, but you wouldn't look at him as... It's similar argument to, like, Arteta being, when he was an Arsenal captain. It's like, yeah. they kind of get the title because they are consistent and they're great model professionals and all of that stuff, but... There is, I think, there's something. There's a there's an extra level of grit required to lead a Premier League team, and I, and I think maybe like someone like Aspi just, for me, it doesn't stand out as 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 being there. But um, I think he didn't he recently play his three three hundredth game or four hundredth, some crazy milestone he's got. Yeah, it was a yeah. This I think week, it might be three or four hundred. Yeah. yeah, I was actually um, my friend sent me it this week, but we were actually at his first his debut for Chelsea. Um, which was wow. a game where, like, I think Torres was still there and Oriel Romeo was playing for Chelsea back then. And, um, but yeah, it's crazy. And that would have been like 2011, maybe 2011 or 2012, one of those years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's been a brilliant servant for the club. But I just don't, when you think, like, that's your main captain, I don't buy it. Like, I don't think, I think. Yeah, it's more of a respect thing as opposed to a leadership yeah. thing with him. Sure. But then, how do you recruit a captain? 
because I already said, you know, I kind of contradict myself in the fact that I said, if you bring in Thiago Silva and make him captain in his first few games, like a captain is, is certainly something that needs to be cultivated over a, a, a decent amount of time. Um, if you look at... It's a personality I, I, thing though, isn't it? What's yeah. that? It's a what? It's a personality thing. Yeah. You just got to have the right personality. Like when I play football with Jonathan, I'm the one doing all the talking and shouting because, you know, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I have a bigger mouth than him and I'm not scared to, to say certain things, you know, like you need to get back. You need to, you need to help out. You need to be here and there. You know, that doesn't bother me. Um, but besides that experience, you know, if if you've only been playing for like five or six years as a kid, you probably like don't say a lot on the pitch. Yeah. Because you're listening to adults <clears throat> your whole career. I so, think you um, know, it's difficult. I think Mason Mount, um, I think is definitely, in my opinion, a future captain. I think he, especially last season, he led by example, took a few games by the scruff of the net and I think maybe just because of the seniority of people like Thiago Silva Aspilicueta I think they've, they've been given a nod but I think once those guys clear out and obviously even Father Time is catching up with them I definitely think that um, Mason Mount I think would be a, a really good uh, really good Chelsea captain <coughs> going, going forward in a, in a yeah. next so Mason, Mason Mount's 22 years old now um, he'll be 23. Actually, he only turned 22 yesterday. Um, Jordan Henderson became Liverpool captain at 25 years old. Um, so 20, 25 is probably a, roughly the, the right age probably to be, become a captain or does it not matter? I know there was Delict yeah. was Ajax captain at like 18 years old or something like, but um, yeah, I don't know. Ca- a ca- captain is a very interesting topic, I think, within within the Premier League and just how, you know, how much influence the captain actually has. How do you, John, select a captain on your team or is that, is that something that you rotate or? Funny enough, <laughs> the last game before we broke up for Christmas, I selected my captain. So I've had this, I took over this team like about two years ago um, or I'm on, on my third season and we, I always rotated it. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of was watching and seeing and then uh, started this season one player kind of, he stood out as like if we were losing games. There was a couple of games we were losing with like a minute or two to go, and or like not or drawing, you know, from a winning position, and we just kind of throwing it away. And he kind of he never might not necessarily have scored the winner, but he was instrumental in kind of creating that winner and by winning big tackles, playing out wide, then the winger crosses it in, and then we score literally last kick of the game. Um, and I just kind of. Uh, thought, you know what, yeah, this this kid, I'm going to make him captain. And and that last game before we broke up, I mean, it completely, he, it's probably his best game he played. I think he won uh, 6-1 and, um, you know, you know, he played played really well. But I think me personally, obviously, I've only had sort of two two grassroots teams, well, three actually, I've had one one season, but two where I've actually had for a long time and, and kind of picked a captain. It is kind of like what John said, that player that even though I do it now, I wouldn't give it, I, would, I wasn't that player. I always just had my head down, got on the wing, kicked it and chased after it. I never, <laughs> I never really said anything. If someone isn't tracking back or someone wasn't doing their job, I never told them about that. So even though I do it now as a coach, that wasn't the way that I played. 
So I kind of look out for the players that are doing stuff like, guys, got to get back. Come on, we can win this. Like all that kind of stuff. And then also as well, my opinion, you have to give it to somebody who is second, first, second or third best player in your team. Like, because mm-hmm. you can't give it to somebody who you're going to be subbing off all the time, yeah. doesn't play a full 90 or 60 with kids football. So you have to give it to somebody who needs to play, needs to start, plays all the game. You're not the same team when they're not on the pitch. Um, it's quite vocal. I'm not really into this captains that just only lead by example, like a Bamiyan. Bamiyan is a shit captain. He's a great player, but he's a shit captain. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't really G the team up um, in that way. I think Kieran Tierney is probably a better captain material, in a, but again, he's only just come, so maybe in a few years. But um, I think I, I, I would go for somebody that, that does do that. You, you want somebody that has those moments like Mason Mount has, where he's last season, he won games, taken a free kick or scored a 30-yarder. Uh, um, but also somebody I think is not afraid to, you know, grab somebody by the <laughs> by the throat and say, you're not doing your job. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at the list um, of players that have captained uh, teams in the Premier League this season. Um, and if we're looking at players that have been at clubs for less than two years and have been captains, um, we've got uh, obviously Thiago Silva, who's been at Chelsea for um, four months at the moment. Uh, other players that have done it, so less than, like I say, less than two years they've been at a club. We've got Gary Cahill um, at Crystal Palace, who's captained uh, one game apparently this season. Again, 35 years old, veteran of the game. Um, we've got uh, Joachim Anderson at Fulham. Uh, 24-year-old Joachim Anderson has uh, captained us in, in five games. Um, which yeah, red red flags are flashing. Um, we've also got Branislav Ivanovic, again another Chelsea. You know these are leaders that have were lead, like part of a well-led Chelsea team. Um, Ivanovic obviously been at uh, West Brom for three months. Uh, he's captained them uh, during a game. Uh, Harry Maguire would be a big example at Man United. He's only been there one month, uh, one year and five months. Sorry. He's only been good for one month. <laughs> yeah. And he's, uh, he's been a mainstay captain. Uh, Man United, actually, interestingly, actually, United and could you name the one other team in the Premier League? Um, and it will be a, a massive shout if you can get it. But the one other team in the Premier League that's only had one player captain their team this year. Um, on the pitch. Player it's not in- Southampton. In the Prem, it's in the Prem, yeah. League. There's actually, no, I mean, sorry, just there's actually two. I've just noticed one of them is must be an honorary club captain and a goalkeeper. Okay. So I'll give you a clue for that one. A goalkeeper um, is the captain of this team, and there's an honorary club captain that actually hasn't played any games this season. Is it like going to be Burnley or Sheffield United or something? No, they're former Premier League winners. Oh. Michael. Yep, Casper Schmeichel, and then Wes, uh, Wes Morgan with. Uh, with zero appearances, uh, apparently, as captain. Yeah, Morgan's there, man. Um, wow. And then the other there, one, right? the other player that's that's captained all 15 games for their club this season and no one else has worn the armband is Jack Grealish, <clears throat> which is a great example of what you were saying, John, about give it to your give it to your first, second, third best player yeah. who's going to play 90 minutes every day and every, every game, rather. Um, but yeah, there's some... Is, I think we could uh, we could probably revisit the the captains thing because I think there's definitely 
I'm quite interested in just the dynamics of of how that works in the Premier League and and um, you know maybe if we look back at some of the the former captains and 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 league winners, there's probably not that many. I think Vieira and Keane must have like almost half of the Premier League titles that have that have, that have been, and then the other probably Lampard, um, Barry and company and, and company. Terry yeah, those form, those guys yeah. probably dominate the the thing. Um, but yeah, I, I always say like the best teams are the ones made up of people that captain their international teams, and that's what Liverpool are. You've got Senegal captain Mane, you've got Holland captain Virgil van Dijk, you've got not England captain, but more or less England captain Jordan Henderson, Andy Robertson, Scotland captain. Um, the you know there, there's uh, I think Salah would be Egypt captain. You know, when, once you make a team of leaders, yeah. you start winning games in the Premier League. I, I, that's that's my theory, anyway. Um, and also the <laughs> it's a random stat, but the total market value of all the players that have been uh, captains this year in the Premier League is eight billion um, pounds, which also says a lot uh, about the quality <laughs> of players that are getting to be captains. So uh, let's do a quick round of predictions for um, the midweek games. Uh, this week, so we've got Man United or oh, Burnley against Man United um, at Turf Moor. Um, what are we thinking about that, Greg? Important one: um, if Man United win, they go top of the league. Ah, oh, we can't. Like, we just can't. Like, we can't do that. Like, that's <laughs> just that just can't run. Um, do you know what I, what I wanted to bring up earlier? I'll only bring it up for a second. Uh, what is uh, we should all be scared of is Man City, <laughs> uh, two games in hand and on 29 points. Uh, yeah, got that to look forward to. Uh, I think that Man United will win that by one goal. It'll be 1-0, no prizes for guessing who scores it and how they score it. <laughs> Bruno. Um, Bruno. So, Johnny Mills, uh, Sheffield United taking on Newcastle tomorrow. That's a 6 p.m. game prediction. It's, it's, not, game. it's not the sexiest game, is it? That yeah, one? it's a tough game. I'm going to do pick on that game. I think Newcastle, uh, they rested with quite a few players, didn't they, for the Arsenal game? Um, a few players didn't play. So if they, I'm not sure if they were just rested or whether there was any issues, COVID or injuries or whatever. But if they've got Callum Wilson back, then, yeah, they're going to terrorise them. Absolutely terrorise them. I'm... I don't think Sheffield United will get more than six points. Wait, wait, I might already be on six. How many are they on? They're one. No, I think they're on, yeah, one. Let me check. They get more than 10 points. Two points. Two points. points. They get more than 10 points. Um, I don't know what I'll do, man. I'll do this podcast naked. (laughs) And the waist down. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, And then uh, the the late game tomorrow is Wolves and uh, Everton. Uh, from Molyneux, John Aldinho's prediction for that? That's a hard one, you know, because... Two similar teams. Like, yeah. Four and a half um, star. Let's say Everton 1-0. Everton 1-0. Okay, and then on to the games on Wednesday. Uh, we got a 6 p.m. kickoff between Man City and uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, John Miller, prediction for that? I think uh, City will win. I think they'll they'll just steamroll them uh, I think it'll be three three or four nil I, I don't really see them I know Miller plays a handful but I, I don't think they're going to score yeah and then the, the final prediction uh, from Greg here is uh, Spurs and Fulham uh, at uh, at home for, for Tottenham so what's your prediction for that game 
3-1 Spurs. Nice. I th- I think I'm going to go with 1-1. I'm going to go Spurs are going to do their usual routine of going 1-0 oh. up after like 30 seconds and then uh, Fulham will score in the 89th minute. It um, wouldn't surprise me. Be, uh, would not surprise me. 1-1, but... Um, Where is it? It's at the... What do you call your stadium? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Yeah. Yeah. So it's at, it's at that stadium, the NFL stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what's your thoughts on that, John? Spurs win? Yeah. You yeah, would I think, think so. I mean, Fulham are pretty rusty in terms of, like I say, we, we played um, at the weekend against QPR, um, which actually we didn't touch on that, but did you see um, Eberichia Easy? I don't know if I butchered his first name there, but Easy was at the game um, watching in the stands, and I think the FA are looking into it as to, like, what's he doing there? He shouldn't be allowed yeah, in the stadium. So it would be very interesting following kind of recent yeah. FA investigations into players, whether they come down hard on him and, and whether it's a fine or, or a ban or, or what. But I think certainly if the Premier League and the Football League want to keep playing games, then I think that kind of thing, like albeit, you know, he's there to support his mates and his former teammates. But at the end of the day, you're a Crystal Palace player. It's not like you're on, you're not on loan from QPR. You're a Crystal Palace player. You shouldn't be in that stadium. So, um, I would expect my prediction is that he'll get a, a possibly a ban or Palace will get. I don't know who gets the fine in that situation because QPR have let him in. Yeah, Palace has got nothing to do with it. Yeah, Palace. Yeah, it's between. Palace. But yeah. an, a ban uh, for Easy would be a punishment for Palace, wouldn't it? So maybe it will just be a fine in this yeah, situation. Yeah, it'll be an internal thing. Um, we, um, with, with Reggion and uh, Lamella and Lacelso, I think we internally find them and sort it out. Right. Yeah. Different yeah, circumstances, I suppose, but. Yeah, 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 New yeah, Year's or something. Gabriel right? or New Year's. Yeah. New Year, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Lanzini, that was the biggest crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, that brings to a close uh, the BTF podcast for this week. Um, thanks for watching. If you are listening on Spotify, make sure you follow uh, the show to make sure so that you get uh, updates when we post new shows. And if you're watching on YouTube. Again, subscribe, hit the notification bell, etc., etc. Check out Greg TMR. Um, when's the next beer review out? Oh, mate, don't do me like that. <laughs> Whenever I edit. When was the last uh, one out? Oh, <laughs> uh, don't do me like that. <laughs> Fair it'll, be, it'll be worth it. Whenever it's out, it'll be worth it. <laughs> it's out. It's out. You can go back and binge the uh, the last few that you've. Oh yeah, out anyway. plenty. Of, yeah, plenty of content. So uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week. We'll be back next week. Um, John and John Aldino, as ever, thank you very much for joining us on Monday night. Pleasure. Yeah. And uh, Greg, we'll see you on uh, YouTube. Yeah, man. All right. Cool. <laughs> Cheers, guys. We'll see you uh, next week. Bye bye.